Welcome to Short Stack Stories. I'm Liv. And I'm Jackie. And this is our last episode of season one. Of season one. Which it's bittersweet. that there's going to be a season two. Oh, absolutely. We've got big old plans for season two. Yes, we do. Yes, and this week is a very special episode because it's a first and a last. Mm -hmm. We have our very first guest today, Jackie. I know, and we're recording IRL again. Yes, in person. So you already know that that brings good energy. And great joy Um, to us. Yeah, so I'm really, this is exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, today's author, we should at least probably say it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Today's author is Cole Taylor. We know him. He's a poet. We've got some poetry for you today. We know him from going to school with him at Pace University. At Pace University, yep. All in the acting program. So mm-hmm. very gifted poet, very gifted performer, mm-hmm. just full of talent, full of wonderful joy and light and energy. And we are so excited to share his words with you. Yes. So without further ado, sit back. Put down your phone. Turn off the news. And enjoy our Short Stack Story. Uh, So before we introduce our guest just to give you guys a little brief backstory uh cole was born in indiana and then through most of his childhood bounced around a A lot lot. a lot of different locations um until settling down a bit in like fifth grade in michigan um and then finally once he made his move to Pace University and moved to New York City, which was definitely a place he always saw himself and always wanted to go. Um, his family uh, moved to Montclair, New Jersey, which is where they currently reside. Yes. And so, now Cole is in L.A. following his dream, doing some yes, amazing acting right stuff, on. really big projects coming his way. So we are so excited. Yeah, we're joining the coast. Yes, right now we are on the East Coast and he is on the West Coast. All right, so put your hands together because all the way from Los Angeles, California, we have Cole Taylor. Cole, how's it going? Hello, hello. (laughs) Welcome to Shortstack. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're doing good. Our first guest and our closing episode. So, you know, a lot of firsts and an ending. Nice, nice, nice. Love it, love it. Yeah, you know. I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I know it's been like a long time coming. We've been trying to yes, plan this for a minute. So I'm glad we could get together and, and bust it out. Yes, and we're so excited about your work and we're really pumped yeah. to get into it. Have um, you ever been interviewed before? No, I've never been interviewed before. <laughs> You're famous. <laughs> and this is so. <laughs> I feel like I'm like speaking with a celebrity right now. I'm like yeah. nerve. I'm like, let's oh do my It's God. a short stack celebrity. You're a first. <laughs> Short stack spotlight yeah. right here. You know what? I am so excited. My pits are sweating. I should have wore a gray shirt. I'm so, glad this is a podcast. So no one can see. It's definitely it's supposed to be October October in uh, New York and I'm, it's hot today. It is hot. Global yeah. one. It's people. supposed to be October. Whatever it is. Whatever. Whatever. All right. So how did you get started into writing and, and all that? 
Or when did you classify, when did you wake up and say, you know what, I'm a writer, like, I'm also a writer, you know, I act, (laughs) I sing, but like, I'm a writer. Oh, man. Um, I don't really know. I mean, like, when I was in high school, I, like, wrote a little bit, but it wasn't really poetry. I more so just knew that I liked language arts, and I knew Mm -hmm. that I liked English as, as a class and everything. Um, and I think going to pace and being in a environment that was so like artistic, Mm -hmm. um, and just being around that and around people that were like-minded, like really gave me, I think like the confidence to try every art form I could. And, um, I don't know. I just remember... I don't, I've always been like a kind of a sensitive person. And I, I think writing for me is mostly just me computing my thoughts. Mm. And like, so when people say that I'm a writer, I, I get like, Oh wow. I get, I guess I am a writer. <laughs> you know, Literally like I just, they're more so like journal entries that end up being, you know, Pretty. that I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, so yeah, I guess to answer your question, I realized I liked writing and I realized mm-hmm. it helped me compute the world around me, which is all I'm really ever trying to do when I do write. I realized mm-hmm. that kind of at, in like the middle of college. So like junior year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think years, that yeah. definitely, yeah. I definitely feel that because all the poems that I listened to I found something that I could relate to in all of them. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, as a person just trying to com- compute life and as a listener trying to compute life, it's, you know, lots yeah. of relatable things. So, yeah. And so do you have kind of a process or is it mostly just kind of a brain belch and then it rearranges um, itself? I think it's definitely changed over time. Um, I remember the first like real poem poem I wrote it was super random. Like I was just on my laptop at home in New Jersey and all of a sudden felt like I wanted to write something really long. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't know why, but I just like wanted to get something out. And I think at the time, I don't remember what year this was, but there were some church bombings in the South. Um, and that was really weighing heavy on my heart and so I wrote about it and I think still to this day it might be the longest poem I've, I've ever uh, written um, and so that was just an instance where I just was like moved to do something and I ever since then I was like wow I feel like I've released something I really like this feeling I know where I stand on this topic in a way that I didn't know before I wrote it um, which I found really helpful I I think lately though, so, so that, and then I think from there I got into like, Ooh, what different types of poetry are there? Let me try to like rhyme my verses, which I don't really do as much anymore now, but I have like a whole string of poems where they were mostly like, I guess they were almost like raps or like little freestyles where it was in verse and it had a rhythm to it. Um, I thought that was really fun. I think I gravitate towards like, a thing when I'm writing so like I get really I get really into rhythm or like uh the way words sound when they're next to each other uh and how that could kind of work in writing but right now 
I'm very into like images. So I feel like mm -hmm. I'll see something in my head and I'll just try really hard to describe everything that I see. And like, yeah, it changes. I don't know. Yeah. And you've obviously mentioned you've moved around a lot. Um, how did that impact your writing? And is there an early experience that you remember where you realized that words had power? It's mm. a great question. I um, feel like I need to ask myself that question. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, uh, what, remind me of the first half of it. Well, moving around. Did okay. Around. I get, yeah, just how, if moving around a lot, how that, yeah, I guess, I, impacted you. And do you, if you can recall, like an early experience or moment or, or memory or dream or something where you kind of like, oh, words yeah. have power. <laughs> I think, um, so moving a lot helped me understand um how important relationships are i think because i got very used to i got very used to being in um a place and then obviously leaving and then having to navigate friendships uh that were no longer there or make new friends and i got super used to that i didn't ever really like it but it taught me I don't know how I, I try to be um, what's the word like malleable when it comes mm -hmm. to people. I try to like fit where I can and just like make things easy. And I think that, and I also, it kind of helped me. I don't know if it helped me learn to like, listen, you know, and I would just like kind of be quiet and keep to myself until I felt like I, I was more comfortable around people. And I think doing that, from such a young age, I don't know. I think it might have had an an, uh, an effect on my art, just in how I think about things and think about people. Maybe yeah. Great. Um, in terms of something that happened where I knew words had power. Uh, I mean, I remember. So I was in, I think, fourth grade maybe fifth grade, I think fourth grade. And I was in the car with my mom and um, her, my grandfather, her dad had just passed. And I didn't understand like death at all at mm. this time. And um, I remember we were, we were talking and I, and I said, and I, I still feel really bad about this. I said, we were talking about him and I, and I was upset that I couldn't go to the funeral just because of logistics and I had school and I, I wasn't able to go and everything kind of happened so fast that my mom and dad just kind of picked up everything and left um, for the service. And I remember being in the car and being like, yeah, you know, like I done, like, he's just like some like dead guy. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, I just remember saying that, and my mom's face, like the color went away. I mean, it, I, st I still feel that a lot. I still feel really guilty about that conversation. And I think when I, when, when I heard myself say that and I saw her react, that was the first time in my life where I realized 
wow, what you can say to someone really has a huge effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, I mean, you know, we, and we're fine. I love my mother. But yeah, that was definitely a time where I was like, whoa, I need to watch. I need to watch what I say. Yeah. Well, death is certainly a topic too. That's it's, I mean, it's, we're always kind of thinking about it and internalizing it and Processing what does it, it mean? Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure as a kid, you were forgiven. <laughs> of course. Yes. No, yeah. But that sure. is, yeah, no, that's definitely, uh, I, I can imagine that, that moment for you. Just tell us about how you're feeling when you're expressing yeah. yourself like this. Man, it is, it's different. It's different. Yeah. I feel like um, one thing I do know is there's always something in the back of my head that is like, you should write. You haven't written in a while. You should mm-hmm. write. You should do that even if I don't know what I want to say, or even if I have writer's block, I find that like, yeah, I'm, I am constantly, uh, not constantly, but a lot of the time, I, I more so am feeling guilty that I'm not writing. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it can be something that, I'm, it's also something that I'm really excited about too. Like I, I get, a, you know, when I see, something outside that'll inspire me to write when I'm listening to music. Like I, I love um, trying to put myself in situations that will kind of garner some type of like artistic response. Like I, I'm a night owl. So like, I, I rarely, like, I don't, I, I stay up. And so, you know, I love to like open my window out here and like, listen to, I'm really into like organ, like church organs right now. And I'll like listen to church organs and like, you know, look, <laughs> at the stars and i i i am a parody of myself it's like sometimes i say things out loud and i'm like You're oh my prophet, god dude. yeah like like shut up dude <laughs> but but i i do that and i and i enjoy it and it's you know like i said i think it's it's very therapeutic for me mm-hmm. um i also have an incredible mentor who is a playwright actor and writer uh named lee edward colston the second um who who graduated what a name, what a name right that's great um, who graduated from Juilliard uh, a few years back. And um, he is just like a savant. Like the guy is incredible. Um, and he told me the other day that, you know, writing, when, when you have writer's block, uh, it usually means that there is something you want to say that you're not ready to. And mm-hmm. th- whatever that is, is what, we want to hear the most. Yeah. Like I want to hear what you're afraid to say. And I want to hear what you would never tell anybody else. Like, like, especially in these like COVID times where mm-hmm. theater is, is shut down and people are really picky about when they're meeting up. He said like, I don't want to see someone's art or, or, or like experience that art unless it is going to change me. And mm-hmm. what is going to change me? All of those things that you're afraid to talk about. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I was like, oh my God, Lee, <laughs> Lee I don't know if I'm ready to do that. <laughs> but How, as a, yeah. you know, but um, but yeah, as as a writer, that is that's what you what you strive for and what I try to set myself up to do. And hopefully I, you know, I try to have the courage to do that as much as possible. But that can be stressful, but it can also be really exciting. Mm-hmm. I think if if it doesn't cost you something, mm-hmm. it ain't worth it. <laughs> exactly. Wow. 
Um, how does your writing inform your acting or vice versa and vice versa? Um, I guess like to rephrase Are they that related in any is, way? Or? Like, um, what is the, like practicing or enhancing your writing skills? Does that, do you find that that helps your act? How or am I trying to storytelling? Yeah. Yeah. Like for yeah. me, acting and dancing like when I train as a dancer it informs my acting and when I train as an actor it informs dance. for sure mm-hmm. no yeah I, I think it definitely does um from even just like the textual standpoint of like I know how much I kind of agonize over what word I want to pick mm-hmm. in in this sentence so like if I know I do that you know when I'm when I'm acting I, I try to be you know as I try to just say the words that are written because there's a reason mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm sure they, you know, had the same effect. We're like, no, I chose this for a reason. So I, I try to say that. I think that, um, yeah, writing is just a great way to kind of, especially when you're saying words that you've written, just how they feel in your body and everything. And knowing that I try to like translate that over to somebody else's words and just like, you know, whatever way shape or form um make it my own and i think Mm. writing has helped me figure out what that feeling feels like because the words are mine and Mm. i try to translate that when i act um i really am a big fan of like writing out lines when i'm memorizing Mm -hmm. um because it makes me feel like i'm coming up with it and if i feel like i'm coming up with it i just it's easier for me to grasp and like take hold of whatever the character that i'm trying to play is Mm. saying cool yeah i like that it's got to inform even script analysis and understanding the world of a of a play as well because i love how you know choosy and picky people are with with their words and specifically uh, you know the characters lines and stuff so i'm sure that it helps you see the world of whatever you're in a little bit in a different light oh for sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure for sure i mean it's it's all connected, which is so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, it's like a big, big circle. But yeah. It reminds yeah, me totally. of how reading the stage directions for Tennessee Williams stuff is so important yeah. because every little detail in a stage direction in a script is so well crafted by him. And like how I remember just in class reading, you know, instead of focusing on the text of the play, you're reading the stage directions and you're reading the, the scene work and everything and how important every little detail is and how it's all in the text. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's also, it's also interesting because I feel like, um, I don't know, as artists and, and I know for writers especially, like they, they do get so, like you're saying, specific with, with their words and um just knowing how much of a sacred process that is like as an actor it it is totally our job to like take that you know sacrificial service that they did and like make sure you know we try to do our justice with with their words because they're like a gift right like without their words we wouldn't even be up there right Mm. you know it's like a great it's a really great relationship every little detail Mm-hmm. I'm dying to know. <laughs> have you ever um, written a? Well, I'm sure you've written poems for people, but have you ever 
written a poem for somebody and said, hey, here you go. I've written this poem for you. (laughs) Gifted somebody a poem. Uh, Yes. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, yes. I try not to be um, precious with them. Mm-hmm. So if I write about someone, I, I try to let them know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I've, most of the love poems I've written um, have been, have been given to the person or at least they've, I've read it for them and they, and they know that it exists. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, you kind of answered this question, but are you super critical with your work with any of your work or as an actor do you find you know like me personally i i'll write something or like write a song or something and be like oh my god i hate it it's terrible (laughs) or i need to step away and then i look back and i'm like oh whatever but (laughs) um i definitely can relate to that like i i think i do that a lot i it's interesting though because i social media has made the at least for me made my experience of writing poems i think it's like changed over time and i don't honestly i and i've been grappling with this i don't know if i like it because at the beginning um well first to answer i it depends like i think i try to uh write what i want to write and usually i'll be up until like wee hours of the night it'll be done and then i'll just let it be done and i'll let it sit Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I feel like, whenever I feel like I haven't written in a while and I, and I need to write something, I have this weird like thing where just because of like Instagram and, and everything that I like, oh, I need to like, I don't know. I need to post something on Instagram. Like, I need to write and like show people that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like writing to just post about it. And, and I've been super, um, I don't know. It's almost made me. I've thought about like deleting the app from my phone and everything just so I can get to a place where I'm not thinking that too. Yeah. Like worried about that because it's, because then it, for me, at least it feels like it's rooted in something that is totally not what I um, am looking for, but yeah. yeah. Instagram is so performative, you know Um, it's, it's kind of, it beckons us to post things that are, maybe not even ourselves yeah. because of the whole vibe of needing the attention and, and the approval. And so it's an interesting beckoning because it's not, you know, does it serve Instagram? No. Instagram does Instagram really serve us, you know? Yeah. It's, um, I've, I found myself yesterday literally saying to myself, I don't even know what I like anymore <laughs> because it's so curated Instagram yeah. gives you Instagram. a million things to like. And with quarantine, yeah. I've been this amount of screen time I've had. And it's so hard to create honest work mm-hmm. when I'm not, you know, being honest and true within myself. But I'm truly, con- I'm like, as I'm scrolling, I'm like, wow, do I even enjoy this? Or has the internet curated my feed? to be seeing certain things right that now I'm just used to you know I I, totally. I really went through a spiral this is when I texted you Olivia I was like I'm sitting on the back porch I haven't been outside all day oh it was like eight o'clock at night I hadn't left the house so I was like 
I gotta get off the screen. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I gotta get out of here, man. <laughs> no, our producer Shane that. hates social media too. We've all everything you, everything you guys just said. Social media is doing exactly that. Yeah. So yeah. they are curating everything. Well, yes, they- yeah. It's no, yeah, they're in sure. like a drug. our minds. Yeah. yeah. Going back to, I forget who said this. Someone just said like, I don't know if um I'm if social media is working for me but it, you really are just working for it yeah. so cog in the machine it can't run man. without you guys cog in the machine right i know i gotta i want to check out that documentary the like the new oh, social just media. on yes. netflix yes. i'm like afraid to watch I'm it because i know too. it's gonna like i know, rock my I know. i've, I've oh, been yeah. like hovering over it and i'm like ah tomorrow no. i'm gonna watch i'm gonna finish my star trek series mm-hmm. yeah um I I want to know, do you usually type your poetry or your work or do you handwrite it? Mm. Um, I usually, I like to handwrite it first. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I'll write like in my, uh, on my iPad and my, in my notes or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I like to like, I always have a notebook in my backpack mm-hmm. um, with a pencil and just like try to be ready whenever mm-hmm. I can. Whenever the, the words yeah. strike you. Exactly. <laughs> um and i think this is like the most important question oh my gosh. um oh, wow <laughs> if you were a mascot or an avatar or spirit animal or something what what would you be <laughs> you can answer right that <laughs> question or we can debate is a hot dog a sandwich which one I have so many answers for both of these things. I, <laughs> the the first thing I know, I know what I what I would be, and I just I wish it was more like intense and cooler. But I also know who I am as a person, <laughs> and I don't want to lie to you guys. I would probably be a penguin. Okay. Oh, I love that. You no. Know? Yeah. Thank you so much for being honest. I love that <laughs> for you. Yeah. Yeah, Aww. I just I love them. They're so you know what I'm saying like they kind of ice cold Taylor ice ice cold. Ice cold Taylor. <laughs> yeah, it's all it all connects. It all connects. Um, but yeah, I just well, I kind of yeah, yeah that makes sense. Day. They're they are you know very loving animals too. But you don't seem to me like a frozen dude. You seem like a pretty warm guy. But penguins are warm yeah. in the. In, in the cold, cold. <laughs> and then and then when they start like you know they like uh getting the big huddle with each other and yeah. they're like sharing right. warmth and Aww. stuff you know what i'm saying we're all just we're all just and they all raise each other's children yeah. and all of that exactly. oh my god that's great that's so good um and then the hot dog thing yeah the hot dog thing okay <laughs> so is a hot dog a sandwich i would argue that a hot dog is a sand? I mean, as opposed to what? Or a taco? Well, as opposed to a sandwich, sandwich? <laughs> is it a sub? Is it a? Oh, what is? I it? think it's a sandwich. I think a sandwich okay. is two pieces of bread, and then something in between it. Yeah, like a hamburger is a and sandwich. You can hold it. Yeah, yeah. true. Because if I if I eat a hot dog like this way and not <laughs> you know like this, right. That's a sandwich. That's a sandwich. <laughs> but most people eat them long ways, right? That's true. Not biting into it horizontal. That's true. I feel like we found the answer to this way fast. Like I've had some serious debates with people in the past, but maybe in just... What do you guys think? Yeah, what do you think? 
I guess it's a sandwich. I think it's a sandwich. Yeah. Wow. All three of us. But it's like a <laughs> bun. It is. Yeah. It's The bread is not disconnected the way that usual sa- sandwiches are. If somebody said, it's oh, like I packed a, a sandwich for lunch and they pulled out a hot dog, I'd be like, you're wrong. That's not a sandwich. That's so real. And then it's its, its own category. I packed a hot dog for lunch. A hot dog. There's not. There's nothing to compare it with. But the hot dog's just the hot dog. You can have a hot dog without a bun. So is it a sub? Hmm. See, I don't know. Yeah, I guess if I'm because if I'm just roasting a hot dog, I I would tell someone, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just roasting a hot dog. I don't see anything about the bun. Dog sandwich. Yeah. Well, then now I don't know. Yeah. So if it's not a sandwich, it's just a hot dog or like a dog fold. A dog Because <laughs> it's like a fold of bread. <laughs> this one's interesting. I feel like... You guys know how um, in quarantine, you have to like, if you go to a bar, you have to get food. Mm-hmm. I had a hot dog in between like one slice of Wonder Bread. <laughs> now, that's, now that's a hot dog sandwich. Because yes. you can make many different types of sandwiches but with not. Two, like two slices of rye you can put whatever in the center it's a sandwich mm-hmm. but is the bun making it is is the bun what constitutes the hot dog a hot dog wow because you could make a hot dog sandwich right with like yes. other with your normal hot bread do- yeah and to me i think a hot dog sandwich would have to be like regular white bread or whatever hot dog and then white bread on top of it right mm-hmm. then i'd be like that's a hot dog sandwich so but, it's really just the bun so it's just the bun wow All right. well that was the most important thing we've yeah, talked about really today most important thing. <laughs> um now that we've covered the hot dog <laughs> cole what are you working on right now um so right now i am uh working on a curated group of poems um it's going to be called uh letters prayers and butterflies sent to zion nice. and i'm hoping that it will come out uh amazon i'm doing amazon self-publishing nice. um oh, i cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure i have all of them i might i don't know I'd, I'd like to add maybe three or four more hopefully i can come up with some some things to write uh soon or just add some some other things already written um i still need to like edit some some things but i'm i'm hoping in the next three to five months maybe sooner than that honestly it'll be you know out to to publishing and i can try to try to uh yeah make have a have a book i guess that'd be really cool, uh, cool a yeah. book well <laughs> if it's, book. Sure. you heard it here first everybody yeah, you really did hear it here first <laughs> and i'm sure it's gonna be awesome absolutely because of the poems that we've read from you thus far i'm purchasing that book yeah and we'll thank we'll, you. we'll have it. you back yeah <laughs> to we'll read you from back. your actual book yes oh my gosh i would love that i would yeah. love it um but yeah let's let's not keep the listeners waiting any longer and let's, let's listen, listen to some poetry let's do it this poem is titled Yearly Review You caught me at a time in my life where I've run out of tricks. 
I wrote more words than ever this year, wouldn't trust my thoughts unless I saw them, notebooks filled to the brim with passages that never saw the light of day. My journals look like jack-o'-lanterns the way they smirk through fire, got so used to carving pretty faces, I forgot about the gutting. You cannot make room for what you don't have space for. I put my hand down my throat and uprooted everything I did not love recklessly. Replaced the empty space with affirmations I still struggle to believe, but through it all, I am here. This poem is titled, The Moment My Hands Met Yours. The moment my hands met yours, I understood right away and all at once that your palm and my palm felt like bolts of lightning hurled at the ground, felt like glow in the dark, felt like catching fire. There was something in me that suddenly knew and had always known and not only known but had experienced in another life just what it meant to be the water that against all odds found the crack in the dam and burst into the shape of everything. I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to overflow in such a way, but I will try to do so by loving you as deeply, as fully, as simply as I possibly can. This passage is titled, Love is Not a Fairy Tale. Love is not a fairy tale. It is the most real thing we'll ever experience, the most painful thing we'll ever endure, and the most beautiful thing we'll ever see. Love is humbling. It is looking into someone's soul. It is swallowing your pride. It is tasting theirs. Love is holding on to someone's heart. It is allowing someone to crack it open. It is trying your hardest not to spill their remains. Love is carrying as much of the other person as you possibly can. It is also allowing yourself to be held. It is being the most gentle. It is being the most strong. It is being at your absolute weakest, at your most vulnerable. It is patience. It is the single most important thing that has ever been and is the single most important thing that will ever be. It is tears. So many tears. Happy and sad. It is laughs. It is smiles, it is fights, it is hugs, it is hands, it is eyes, it is bodies waking up next to each other, it is everything. And for those of you who have experienced the feeling of loving someone that loves you back, that feeling of lightning being struck, that feeling, that recognition that out of all the people in the world, all the distractions on this planet, all the tasks that we must get done, all the stresses we endure, all the excuses we make, if you were able to find someone who loved you in those moments, someone who you loved too, no matter how long it lasted, no matter how fleeting it was, be thankful. Because you are blessed. You are blessed to have lived through something as exhilarating as that, to share secret parts of each other, the most dark and the most light, and just like the brightest days turn to night and then to day again, just like we need food for nourishment, just like we need water to live, love will find its way back to you in whatever way you choose to accept it, 
Choose to nurture and trust it. Choose to listen to it when you are ready. But until then, look back and thank God. Because that love was a love that no one will ever be able to take away from you, take away from me, take away from us. Thank you. This poem is titled, A Mother's Advice. What to do when there are storms brewing inside your chest? When there are earthquakes in your throat? When exhaling becomes exhausting? What to do? What to do when you are hurting? I do not know. My mother tells me not to run away, tells me not to make my ugly sound pretty, tells me God has never been closer. She reminds me that I'm never starting from scratch. After all, I was created in her belly, the result of real love. And in the same way love will show its many colors and scars, so will the people who choose to inhibit it, live and die by it, take refuge in it. She reminds me of the two bravest parts in the human condition, to start and to feel. This poem is untitled. There is growth happening, but he's taking his time, playing opposites. He knows how quickly the body is to scream progress. So I've been whispering to every one of the cracks in my skin, asking them to make way for the shedding. Remember, there is a whole world beneath us. Flowers bloom only after gnawing through soil. They follow the sun, shifting their stems to harmonize with God. I am no different. He tells me to trust. The blooming will happen. But first, everything else. This poem is titled, Pour and Grow. If you hold anything with patience, it will turn to clay. But trust, every rock need not be molded. The ones that want will give you their hands. Be gentle. For it is in this space, this delicate space, that love exists. So God bless the ones who caress our heaviest parts gloveless, the ones who shatter mirrors we fail to see ourselves in, the ones who listen with their whole bodies. After all, the sole ingredient to the rebuilding of hearts is permission. Love has never been give and take. It will always be poor and grow. This poem is titled, Building a House. I am building a house for the first time in my life. A place with walls soft enough to soak tears from days too cruel. A place where words go to seek protection and refuge, comfort and holiday. A place where every letter rejoices after being used honestly. A place to rest, 
a place to sharpen my irons, to grow my lilies, a place where fire is respected, where blisters turn to callus. I am building a house that relaxes my voice, which is really my chest, which is really my body, which is really my heart, which is really the boy inside of me that is holding, that is clinging so tightly, white knuckled, black body, teeth gritting, always afraid. In this house, I am holding that boy. There are blankets, there are pillows, he will always be warm, he will never go hungry. In this house, my voice is three octaves deeper. In this house, I have never had to repeat myself. In this house, I am 20 feet tall. In this house, I can speak in tongues. In this house, I keep the sun in the attic and pin the moon to my stomach so every step creates eclipses. In this house, I live with the most light and the most dark just to remind myself it is possible. In this house, I am every lantern I have ever needed. In this house is a home and this home is my flesh. You are reading my bricks. Thank you, neighbor. I do not apologize for the noise. Construction is not peaceful, but it is always safe. There are guidelines. Please knock if you must. There is enough food for everyone. This poem is titled, Eight Steps to Get Through Quarantine. One, but first, relax your jaw. Let the shoulders you hoist so proudly rest. Two, sink into whatever you trust. Unclench the hands and watch them soften like lily pads on mirrored ponds. Three, invite your tension to fall from the bone. Start by asking gently out loud. Four, let it drip, easy, like slow-cooked soul food, like barbecue ribs and collard greens, like smothered chicken and macaroni, like Louisiana, like Frank's, like Tabasco, like Crystal, like Texas Pete. Five, make room for all you can handle, shed the rest. Six, dessert is now a necessary celebration. Seven, you must bite into something soft and sweet. Eight, let its taste remind you of the life that still lies ahead. This poem is titled, The Night. I wonder if the night sky ever grows tired of being dark. If he, out of cowardice, compares himself to the sun, I wonder if he keeps track of the kidnapping between dusk and dawn. I hope he understands how beautiful his night actually is. That his night fills the empty spaces between every bursting window into heaven. Do you think he knows that his night is the reason for North? That his night is the backbone to so many heists and conquests, to so many risks? His night is the time when we slip into our arms, and though some of us may slide between the very fingertips we possess or even through the palms of someone else, it is the time when we, at the very least, try to crack ourselves open.
there is a certain velvet in his night that may scare away even him, cause him to question just exactly where his softness came from. He, the one who inhibits the sky, he, the one who lives not only around this darkness, but within it, whose blood and bone are drenched with the conflict between all that is foam and fire. I hope he realizes it is during his night sky that we too shift into our most vulnerable selves, when the only thing we see is intention and the only thing we feel is all we are capable of. Do you think he knows that his night is when we curl into everything that is warm, or at the very least it is when we try our hardest to remember the last time we could do such a thing? You see, I hope the knight feels no shame in his darkness because anything that gives people the courage, anything that gives us the permission to be exactly as we are, should never worry about the space they take up. I wonder if he realizes that his knight allows so many people to be at their absolute brightest. This poem is titled Bodega Cats. I remember the first time I heard your belly laugh. The one, I'm convinced, started at your toes in Brooklyn and ended somewhere uptown on 125th Street. Our love always reminded me of bodega cats. You know the ones, the ones that grew up in the same shop, protecting everything in silence. We were so good at that. And just like those lynxes, Lord knows, we kept tally of every single little thing. Also, those cats were just fucking adorable. This poem is titled, At the Altar. I remember watching the one I love pray to God for the first time and thinking, please, please give it to her. She is tired. I'm her witness. We are here. The sight of such relinquish is still the closest I have ever come to the sun. On this day, more rain poured down than I had ever seen. We took refuge in a church, and for the first time, I pictured us on an altar. If you have ever watched your lover pray, then you know it is all things hopeless and magnificent. God, I asked. What can I do? My knees stopped shaking. The same as I. Listen. I love Bodega Cat. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, I love them all, but it's, uh, I had a very, very clear image in my head of, mm-hmm. of Brooklyn mm. and New York and you know obviously we're in Brooklyn so it yeah. just visually could picture everything yeah no it's I mean I think you know being in love in New York City is one of the best things that <laughs> can happen in life I think um, and yeah you know I mean bodegas are just so unique to you know the boroughs out there mm-hmm. and um at the time i was in a i was in a relationship and um i just remember 
you know, you just, you feel so connected to everyone because it come it becomes your local spot and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the cats and everything. And, and they're just, they're walking around, they're all over the food and, and it's, it's so much a part of the experience. And I just remember I wrote this poem, um, after the relationship had ended and just kind of reminiscing on good times that mm-hmm. we had um and there was something just well, let me see let me i'm gonna pull it up in front of me real quick um yeah so i think your smile it, right now is just <laughs> melting my heart <laughs> it's yeah i mean you know poetry is so great right because because you have the ability to um talk about how you feel and and i just know that when i was trying to think of the best things in the relationship because you know breakups are really tough and Mm -hmm. i think that it, it can be easy to uh kind of drown in you know, the sadder parts of being separated from someone that you really love. Um, and, you know, there was just, when I started to think about that, it became a really great way for me to kind of, I don't know, memorialize the relationship and also reconnect with my art and my writing. Um, find joy. Yeah, and to find joy, you know? And I just really liked the cat that was in the, (laughs) that was in the bodega also, you know? Um, Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were, they were just fucking adorable. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I kind of want to use that as a segue into, well, I think what I appreciate so much from listening to most of the all of the love poems that you've written is like the positivity from it and the it's so easy to get bogged down on it especially if you're coming out of a toxic or an unhealthy relationship right it's like oh my gosh that was you know i i'm so quick to be like that was a what i could have done with that time why did Mm. i do that whatever and and you you focus on the bad things and so you had the the line and love is not or the passage um love is not a fairy tale you know if you were able to find somebody who loved you in those moments um somebody who loved you too no matter how long it lasted no matter how fleeting it was be thankful Mm. so it's like even though it's breakups are so painful and it's so hard yeah. That doesn't take away from the amazing experience that you had. No, no. And that's, I mean, that's the best part about being in a relationship and being in love with somebody. Um, because, it, yeah, I mean, it is totally lightning. There are, how many, there are like six billion people on the planet. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that two people found themselves at the right moment, at the right time, under the right circumstances and are able to connect in such a way that you feel like you're you're able to open up to them and they're able to open up to you and you want to hold all of their best and worst parts like that is it's like 
the greatest thing on the planet. And um, I, <laughs> I wrote this fresh out of, uh, out of a relationship, like I think a, a day after. And I, and I think, um, you know, it's just something that, I don't know, I, I, I don't know how it came out or I'm glad it did come out. I, I, I think it was really visceral when I was writing it. Um, and it's just, uh, love is, can be the best and worst thing, right? Yeah, you know? oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I don't. I don't usually talk about these, so I, it's That's hard. Okay. I, I have to like, rem, I have to know what I am thinking of when I'm when I'm writing these things. Um, I think that the biggest thing for me is love is like poetry. I I started to learn how to figure out what love meant to me um, through writing because I was able to sit down and really think about the people that I was writing about. Like mm. I usually, when I'm writing about love, I'm not writing about love in the sense of it being love. I'm, I'm usually writing about a person. And so it, it, you know, it's, uh, and all loves are different, right? Every, no one thing is the same, but I just know that I, uh, I remember it was raining. It was pouring rain. I had, I was in New York City. I was walking. I was listening to Sam Smith, and I was walking <laughs> through the theater district on 42nd Street, waiting for my train uh, to come from Penn Station. I was just killing time, and I, uh, yeah, I like, I don't know. I, just, yeah, sorry. I don't know. I don't apologize. Yeah. That's great. No, I just I today was driving and listening to them and crying and especially you know the that one in particular it just it was so and it's funny because I was so relaxed in traffic today <laughs> listening to your poem I'm like this is just gonna be my meditation moments <laughs> I was like people are honking around me and I'm like I don't care this is beautiful I love this <laughs> um yeah, no, it's yeah. it's it's interesting because like I really I don't really uh, I've never done a slam, I've never really mm -hmm. performed a, a poem live before, uh, because I think, you know, I for an audience member, um, I don't know. I think it's a really great experience for someone to read a poem and mm -hmm. have their own, you know, their own their voice that they hear in their head. Mm -hmm. Uh, and have that be kind of their guiding light for how they digest everything. Mm -hmm. um, I've, of course, I love saying them, and I and I, you know, if anyone ever asks, I'll definitely uh, read to them and everything. But um, I, it's such because I'm gonna probably pull things that are different. You know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna think different things about my poem than than someone else's, and I and I think that's the best. Uh, that's one of the best things about about writing is you get so many different um, perspectives that maybe weren't even, you know, the purpose for it being written. Mm -hmm. Yeah, slam is very different. Slam is almost like a song to me. Mm. Very rhythmic, yeah. very about the character on stage as opposed to the writer absent from 
the words in front of you, you know? So yeah. I, I totally see that. Um, and is there a particular poem in this, in these today that you, you talk favor about? over yeah. others? Uh, there are a few, I mean, let me see. There is one poem that I really like. Um, I gotta find it. I have all my poems right here in front of me. Um, there is one poem that I like, and it's, it's the reason that I named it, named the book what I named it, uh, Letters, Butterflies, and Prayers Sent to Zion. If you want to do a live reading, though. Yeah, okay. we can just not have it. We can we can take that one Let's out. do a live reading. Of yeah. It. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. If you want to, not to be No, honest. yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to. This is, this cool. is great. I, yeah. Um, you asked, you, you said that you like, <laughs> you love you and you like reading right. it when someone asks you. <laughs> so no, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. This is called butterfly prayers. My prayers for you float gently into heaven, like butterflies made of scripture. I whisper your hymns delicately between their holy wings. I have seen them flock by the hundreds, traveling something like kaleidoscope with colors mixed in sorbet sky and vanilla cloud. Each winged canvas planting your gospels on Mount Zion's fertile peak, waiting for God to read them aloud. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I thank you. Um, I remember I, I wrote that I was, I had a really, really great conversation with a friend that I hadn't talked to um, in a while. And I don't know, we were kind of discussing life and um, how we were doing and, and, you know, kind of the trials that we were facing at the time. And I guess I just really, I don't know, I just suddenly felt so thankful to have this person in my life. Uh, and that and that came out and I really I just mostly like it because I like the images mm -hmm. I like the, the colors and and everything and, uh, and the you know the mountain and picturing a mountain and picturing poems flying prayers flying oh, in the sky and stuff it's um, lovely. but yeah I don't know I, I uh, yeah that's one of my favorites yeah and I love that you you know kind of mentioned earlier on about how important relationships came you know kind of manifested in how you know from moving to place to place how this kind of so I'm, I'm imagining you know all of the people in your life have informed your work and and i'm picturing them all as little butterflies yeah. <laughs> flying around yeah. and just how this poem specifically was inspired by a person in your life mm -hmm. and yeah. how a lot of your work definitely reflects your outlook and also i i hear the people coming through you you know mm -hmm. and then i i still have stuck with me um if you have writer's block it's probably because you're not ready to say it or share it that's a good one it's still just echoing in my head and this yeah. whole i mean just speaking to you cole and i'm already i just have this motivation and this inspiration to just start writing something tonight it, just as it, like a yes. self-exploration you know For like sure. i i don't know what'll come of it but 
it is true. It's you can discover a lot about yourself and what's going on internally mm-hmm. by just by trying to get it out get it on out. paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Cole. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're really looking forward to your, your book. book. Thank you. Um, so keep us updated on that and we'll keep everybody else updated on that. Um, I know you have an, a network acting thing coming out that we can't we go can't. We can't go into so we don't want to get called in trouble. But um, yeah, so yes, yes, yes. That's that's really cool. We're really excited for you. Super Thank thankful you. to have you um, on as our season finale. Hey. Oh my gosh! Thank you. It was really like great to talk to you guys. I'm. I was really nervous. I just i I've never <laughs> talked about my poems before um, like this, and so it was it was really great. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. And um, thank you. Any last, words? any last words from B. Cole Taylor? Oh my gosh. Um, right. Quarantine advice beyond right. the poem that you already Yeah. Yes. Beyond the poem. Uh, I would say um, mental health is so important. Mm. And during this time right now with COVID, you know, check on your friends, uh, check on yourself. Uh, therapy is 1000% okay and it's great Mm -hmm. um you know write 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 even if you don't think that it's good even if you you know have never done it before i guarantee you that what you are writing someone else needs to hear uh or is wanting to hear um Mm -hmm. and it's important i think that anyone that has a voice is a writer and anyone that um, chooses to do so as an artist and so let's do it let's let's yes. let's, let's do it on that it. note thank you so much um, thank you Cole and enjoy the rest of your evening out in LA yes. thank you, you or is it night. an evening out there now it's nine here <laughs> it's it is it's 551 it's it's, you know yeah <laughs> and during the evening <laughs> sweet alrighty thanks Cole thank you Thank you all so much for coming on this journey with us. It's been really wonderful, and we have learned so much along the way. We are so excited to have you back for season two. We've got some really wonderful things coming up, really wonderful new ideas, new things in the works. New, new, new. And to keep up to date with when that will be, you can go to our website, That's also a new, new thing. Our website, shortstackstories.com or check out our Instagram at shortstackstoriespod. Yes, and we will also um, be keep... Yes, and we will also be keeping you posted on more work by Cole Taylor, like his book that's coming out very soon. Um, But you can keep up with him on Instagram at icecoletaylor, which is his handle. Yeah, and... It's really weird saying goodbye since it might be a little bit before we're back. Um, But like they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So don't be sad. Don't be a stranger. And as always, Jackie, shall we say it together? All right. Have Have a a story-stacked week.